Shabbat Shalom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's just as important as Shabbat Shalom. Amen? Maybe more important. I'm blessed to be with you today. I bring you greetings from Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas, where the uh, Houston Texan football team is. But more important, there's a congregation there called Congregation Beth Messiah, where I'm a member and have served uh, there as an elder for nearly uh, 25 years. And a year ago, the Lord launched me out to uh, a ministry. Uh, ministry at that time was about 11 years old, and it's called uh, IBF. IBF is a ministry to widows, orphans, and Holocaust survivors, at-risk kids, uh, special needs children, anti-trafficking, you name it. And we're working with our believing friends, Messianic community, as well as a couple of Orthodox communities, one in Jerusalem and one in northern Israel, to help out, in particular, special needs of children in the nation of Israel. So, uh, your congregation has been so good and uh, supporting us monthly, and also the, the uh, Shavuot, uh, I believe, uh, offering uh, also. That was a creative idea of some folks here in the congregation, and I was so excited because it brings encouragement. It brings encouragement to me because I have a love for our people, and the needs of our people are growing. Some people say, well, Rabbi, uh, the Jews are all rich. Well, uh, you know, the, some, uh, but there are some that are very poor. They're very needy. Uh, we support a dental clinic in Jerusalem. If you could just uh, put up our uh, uh, website and uh, I just want to uh, share with you just a moment, uh, if you'll do our giving, there you go. <clears throat> we do soup kitchens, we do uh, orphanages. Recently, a year ago, we bought 40 pairs of new shoes for little girls. They went downtown on a bus, we paid for it. They went in the mall, they picked out their own shoes. How many of you ladies know how important shoes are? How many of you have more pa one pair in your closet? Well, these young children had no new shoes. They uh, were abandoned children. They were sexually abused children. Uh, there's all kinds of stories in their life, and we let them pick out their own shoes, and we paid the bill. Uh, there are several things of clothing for young boys and girls uh, in uh, southern in Ashdod and Ashkelon, and uh, we work in Sirot uh, with the uh, uh, more bombings going on in the south of the Gaza. We're, we're there with Yishai Reinhardt and Hands of Mercy in the north, Tents of Mercy on the Sea of Galilee with Eric and Terry. Um, and uh, we, there's just a lot of stuff. You see King David's stable. You see that horse running. You know, there's horse therapy. A young man, a young uh, couple uh, got it in their heart that if they could get some horses, uh, that they could have these special needs to serve children, hurting children, children of despair, uh, just desperate to come out and brush the horses and get to love on the horses and the horses love on them. And it brought great hope. Matter of fact, it, it just uh, set a fire and the parents of these children that are in despair and some single moms and single dads that are just going through traumas and stuff, they come out to the, the uh, King David stables and the, some of them are riding them, but some of them would just be out there, and there's, it's therapeutic. Um, streams in the desert. Uh, uh, there's so many stories behind all of this. Harvest of Asher. Uh, the, it's, it's just uh, 
story. And right over on the right, uh, from King, uh, King of Kings, we do some, yeah, keep going to the, the right a little bit more. Uh, we just hit on that one, if you would, for just a moment. Right there, you see a bunch of Holocaust survivors in the uh, Galilee area. And uh, we bought medical alert bracelets. All of their medical information is inside of the bracelet. And if they're, if they're lost or if they get, uh, uh, you know, have a problem, they might fall at the mall and nobody knows who they are. Many of them are founders of the nation of Israel. They're forgotten people. You know, they, they, they are really happy that the Holocaust survivors are getting support, and, and rightly so. But many of them were there in Israel, born in Israel, and lived in the founding and re-nourishing uh, of the land of Israel, and they're forgotten. And they came to us with a delegation, and they said, you know, we're very happy that you're doing this work among the, the Holocaust survivors, but could you help us? We need help too. I went out in the yard, and I couldn't stop crying. My daughter came out to me and said, Dad, you got to come back in. I said, there's got to be a way that we can help these people. There's got to be a way. So I went in and I talked to the doctor and the doctor says, you know, we've already given such a great price from the manufacturer. Let me get on the phone. I said, what is it going to cost? He said, about $3,000. I said, you do it. And I got on the phone and we wrote a check and we sent, and the money was there. I said, I promise you, if I have to take it from my own bank account, if I have to refinance my house, I don't care. I want to help these people. And because you've joined with us and, and some of you have an opportunity, I'll have uh, envelopes and brochures and, and things like that after service. If you want to make a donation, don't write it to me, write it to IBF. All you got to do is just say, Israel, Benevolence Fund. If you're part of this congregation, you're already doing it, and I thank you so much for it. Well, lo and behold, the manufacturer cut the price in half, and we got three times the amount for those that were forgotten people. You ought to praise the Lord. These are good words. Um, there's so many things that are going on. You see hands of mercy with this woman with her child cuddling her hand. Listen, they go bombs and rockets are still coming from Gaza. I get red alert all the time, and it's going off. And, and thank God for the dome and, and for our, our nation at this point anyway that is helping Israel and, and fighting off uh, terrorism and ISIS and the Hezbollah and, and uh, all of the other uh, insurgents into the nation of Israel. And it's a trauma. It's a trauma. We did a day uh, park. We, we had one, you know, these pump-ups. You blow them up, and the kids get, you do them at home, and, and you, all the kids, and some of them got water slides and all that. Well, we had to put it inside of a building because we were afraid of the rockets. And we were out there, and we cooked hot dogs for them. We did a bunch of stuff, Yeshai Reinhardt and his team. Uh, all, and, and this happens everywhere. So as you think that maybe that dollar or that 50 cents or that $5 or whatever you put in for, for IVF through the months and through the years at your congregation, it makes a difference over there. And it's making a difference for you because if you bless them, God's going to bless you. If you bring hope to the hopeless, God's going to give you hope. If you bring peace to those who are suffering, God's going to bless you. God's going to give back to you more and abundantly than you could ever ask or think. That's the kind of God we serve. Uh, so I just want to uh, let you know about that. Also, I have a um, door la door. Um, it's uh, a prayer guide. How many of you got a copy of it? I've been here before, and so uh, some over here have a copies. Others. We pray this over our children. It's how to pray over your kids. 
You just pray over them. It's $2 because that's what it costs to print. I gave this congregation permission to print those as long as you didn't change it, and it wouldn't cost you that much. All it's going to cost you is a piece of paper and some ink. So, But I do have them. Uh, ask for at least a $2 donation. Uh, you can give $3 million if you want, but uh, the cost is... Uh, matter of fact, you can have the whole stack for 100000 I mean, you know, but uh, such a deal. But uh, I bring you greetings from all over the nation. I travel. I was showing uh, Robert uh, this morning my calendar, and I've been invited to different places. I, I, my October is booked. My September is booked. All of my August is booked, almost every weekend somewhere. And uh, I get to stay home with my darling wife uh, from Monday to Thursday most of the time. And Dolly sends her love. Uh, I tell you, she's with you here with, when, she's, when I'm here. My girl is right here with you. You all know the story of Dolly and the muscular dystrophy, how in times that the Lord, uh, but she's getting better. We have in-home therapy now, and we have a special nutritionist, and we have a, a Chinese medicine that we're doing, and she's walking in the house. She's able to get up and down. She can get in and out of bed by herself. I still bathe her and do all other kinds of things to help her every day, but I'll tell you one thing. She's my champion, and she's with me today, and she's right here with you, too. And so uh, she sends you greetings. Uh, she lets me go. She sends me out, and she prays for me. Hallelujah. And I love her so much. Um, so that's about it. I do have some brochures if uh, you're interested in giving them to maybe some churches, some pastors, or you want to read more about us. You can go online, uh, israelbenevolencefund.org. If you want to go back, you see right there, uh, uh, you can give um, online giving. Uh, you can do online giving down to the left. Yeah, don't, but you can do it down to the left. And we ha electronically, you can do it. You can do it every month. You can do it every other month. You can give a dollar a day, what, whatever. And uh, we, we really desperately need your help. And I've been praying that God would uh, broaden our tents and, and bring in more funds because that allows us to give more away. For over, over nine years, 100% of what came into our organization was given away, and we never took anything out. Congregation Beth Messiah helped us administratively at that time. Now, we're kind of on our own, our own 501c3 that's a little over a year old, and, and uh, uh, we're, we have some administrative fees and, and different things. I have businessmen that pay for all my travels a lot of times as I go, and so... Uh, I just want to tell you, thank you. And I want to say that from all the hurting people that you'll never meet, the faces you'll never see, the lives that you won't walk with, you're walking with them, and you're an encouragement. You know what? I, one story before I bring the message. Holocaust survivor, 90 years old, Sarah, she kept rubbing my face. Just kept rubbing my face. She said, you got the shiny face. You got the shiny face. And I said, Sarah, what does that mean? She said, when we, were in, when we were in the death camps, there were people that helped us, and they all had shiny face. Isn't that amazing? Let this light be in you, and let it shine. And so it is through your help, and I thank you for it. I don't want your tithes. We can't use your tithes. God won't bless your tithes. Your tithes belong here. 
and belong into the congregation where you are. But your alms and your givings, you can pray about what God wants you to do. Amen? Are you ready for the Word of God? Say, I'm ready for the Word of God. Wasn't that Torah service good? Then, Sonia, you know, I hope you two never lose your youth. I, I pray that the joy of the Lord will all, you, you, you two are the most excitable people, giggly. I, I, hope, you, I hope you always carry that because you, I'm 75 now, and I still got it. And you can still have a wick. If you got a wick, you can still have a flame and let it burn. Amen? So I just, I just bless you. If you'll turn in the scriptures, bless the word of God. May his name be praised. Open your heart today to what the Lord will say to you. I want you to do an exercise with me. I just want you to say, Lord, I open my heart to hear your word. Help me to hear and understand and apply it to my life. I don't want to go out the same way I came in. In Yeshua's name, amen. If you need healing, if you're wounded in your heart, if an offense has attached itself to you, I want you to just begin to let, let it loose. I want you to start thinking of Yeshua. I want you to start thinking about what he's done in your life and what he's done in your children, how the Ruach was poured out on you the day that you believed. And the Spirit of God is in this place. The favor of the Lord is here. A strange scripture, if you mind, if you don't mind, I've chosen today, and it's in Proverbs. The Chinese people are attaching themselves to me, people in Belgium, people in Germany, people from South America, um, Russia, speaking people. All my materials now are going in four and five languages. People ask me to do seminars. I was in Boston four days doing a seminar on the feast and festivals, festivals with a Mandarin-speaking congregation. They're hungry. People, there's tens of thousands of Chinese people in November that are going to Israel. I've been asked to go to the University of Beijing and give my testimony because the Chinese people want wisdom. They said, we, we know of Solomon's wisdom, and we want Solomon's wisdom. What they really need is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. What they need is a move of the sovereign will of God in China and the other places of the world, and we need one here in America. And it's okay to say amen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Can you say amen? The term divine dimension. It's the name of the message today. Divine dimension. Walking in divine dimension. Do you know that you can hear God every day and not miss him at all? Do you know that? 
Do you know that God has designed you as a believer that you don't have to miss God? You can hear God and not make the mistake of someone else telling you something wrong. God has so designed us as his creation. Even the trees do what trees do. Birds will do what birds do. And fish do what fish do. All of creation does exactly what God has set in order to do, except mankind, except us. Lean not unto your own understanding. Think in a different dimension. Hear God. Listen to him. Wait on him, Habakkuk said. Then he said spontaneity will come. I want to talk about spontaneity today. Then he says, write them down because they're true and faithful. Hold them in faith for a confirmation. The term divine dimension came to me at lunch with a Chinese pastor and elders in Austin, Texas in 2015. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to me that day in a special way. Excuse me. The Lord told me that I was entering into a dimension that I never knew before. And I've been a believer for well over 50 years. I've been walking with God and committed and dedicated to full-time service for over 50 years. I was full-time in ministry as a pastor and as a rabbi for 45. On my 75th birthday, I was 40 years as licensed and ordained. I worked in youth ministry, jail ministry, street ministries, hospital ministries prior to that as a young 20s. But the Lord spoke to me, and he said, By the Holy Spirit, you're going to walk in a passion, purpose, and power that you have not known to this point. The Lord told me that this message is for whosoever wills. I never realized what all of this was going to be like, and I never realized the effect it was going to have upon Israel and upon my family and what it meant to Israel Benevolence Fund. First of all, I have been totally surrendered for many years. The Lord spoke to me and he said, you're going to fall. He said, excuse me. He says, you're going to stumble, but you're not going to fall. I want you to get that in your heart. We all stumble sometimes. We all trip. We all make a mistake. But he said, I'm going to be underneath you in a special way. You're going to disappoint yourself. You're going to disappoint others. But this day and forward, you'll never disappoint me again. It was like a friendship with God that I never realized. It was like a place of purpose, power. It was like a place of being able to drink from a fountain that I didn't taste this water before. It was like eating at the Lord's table and nutrition was coming. Sleepless nights were ahead. I tell everybody it takes me all night to sleep. Seriously, 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. These things have been going on for 50 years, but not in, this, not in this way. 
Many people talk to me and they say to me, we're waiting for a great revival. We're praying for a great revival in the church and in the synagogues in the Messianic world. There's going to come a great revival. I got news for you. The kingdom of God is already in you, and you have revival to take to a lost world. I'm not waiting. I'm walking. I'm not waiting for it. I'm walking in it. And you can walk in it. When you leave this building today, you can walk in a divine dimension you've never known. There are things that you will do that you've never done. There's a boldness that will be upon you that you've never had. God will speak to you in such a special way that you will dumbfound yourself. It's not enough. To live in yesterday. It's not enough to say that's what it used to be. It's not enough to say, have you read that good book? Have you read that book about what happened during that time? I believe it's time for people to write books about our generation and about us and let them say, hey, have you heard what's been going on in Richmond, Virginia? People will be excited about filling this place up because have you heard? Something's going on. Something's going on among those Jewish people. We've got to attach ourselves to them. I get calls from Romania. I was on a YouTube someplace at somebody's congregation speaking on something I don't know. And a man from Romania called me at what time in the morning? Three o'clock in the morning. He said, Rabbi, I just got through listening to you. God woke me up and told woke you up. He said, God woke me up and told me to call you and for you to pray over me. And I began to pray. He says, Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. He said, I got the answer. I said, well, thank you for waking me up. But there are things that are happening. In China, I got a call at what time? In the morning. And they were telling me, we're standing in a museum. Did you know that the Chinese people made a way for uh, the victims of World War II and for those that were put out going to the Holocaust in area China made a place in China for our people? I never knew that. They text me a picture at midnight. I said, thank you. What's the answer? What's the answer for America? What's the answer for the dead congregations that need to just be a hay barn? What's the answer? Divine dimension. Divine dimension. The economy will fail but we don't have to fail. What's the answer? I tell you this. I wrote this down. When you walk in the possibility of what God has given to you in divine dimension, the past cannot hold you back. The dispensations of time will not hold you back. 
well, you know, God has a calendar, and there's just certain times he's going to pour out his spirit, and it just happened to be in the 60s and 70s, and God's just not doing that anymore. He called a bunch of our Jewish guys that are leaders all over Israel and around the nation from uh, smoking dope up in the mountains and the Jesus movement with the Jesus bus, and they're going out, and they got this bus painted, and, and they're going out telling everybody, yeah, Jesus saved, Jesus saved, do you know Jesus? And in the caves, they're going out, and do you realize that the Salvation Army during that time uh, 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 had more uh, salvations than almost any time in its history? Why? Because it was going out. When the Holy Spirit was poured out upon us in, in, in Jerusalem in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came upon us, it sent us out. They couldn't stay in the room of fear any longer. They had to take it to the streets of Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And you know what? There's nowhere in the Scripture where it says they had to go back to the room to get a refill. It was that they got refilled every day. Every day is a Holy Spirit mountain from God. Every day. I brought a message recently, the three mountains, the two fires, and the one God. You can guess where one of those mountains is. The fire of God in the bosom of the believer will transform the world. The fire of God. The igniting, exciting message, testimonies. I'm in churches all over, and I get to come home when I come here. I get to come to my synagogue. You know, most of our Messianic synagogues have been built by Gentiles. Do you know that? They've given. They've walked alongside us. There's been more of them than there has us. They've emptied their wallets, emptied their homes. They've brought encouragement, and us Jews are benefiting. Do you know that? The congregation Beth Messiah in Houston was founded and developed and was brought out of a vision and dream in a peanut factory up in North Texas by a young, uh, young couple, Richard and Patsy Freeman. You ought to read about their testimony. Lovely building, mission and power. Now we have two young rabbis, Michael Vow on fire for the Lord and Lauren. Philip Lanning, the dean of education, the dean of, uh, of Christ for the Nations, left that place and is now on staff at Beth Messiah. We have a young lady there that's a manager of the uh, Gabriella, filled with the Holy Spirit, can pray over anybody or anything in the synagogue. Michael Val can set a room on fire. He preached at the UMJC. Seth Clayman called me and said, man, this guy knocked it out of the ballpark. I said, there's not a space big enough to hold this young man. And that's what I say over you too. And that's what I say over your life, God's purpose and plan. Let the power of God move through your hearts. Let it move outside this building. Let it move into the poor streets of this city. Let it move into the uh, churches. Get connected. When people hear about this place, they want to be excited about getting in it. You know, if they were giving a car away every week at some certain place, everybody in the town would be there. Well, I got news for you. There's something being given away in this place that cars can't compare to. 
There's nothing that can compare to the love of God and Messiah Yeshua. There's nothing greater than him. There's no power that is in heaven or on earth that is greater than his name. His name is wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, Sar Shalom. He's wonderful. He's merciful. We need to stop living in the past. I have to tell you something. Divine dimension will direct you in a direction, and I'm going to tell you some stories. After this happened, this goes on in my life, folks. This ought to be going on in your life. And I challenge you to let it happen today from right now. I don't care what we've been yesterday. It's what we're going to be today and tomorrow that's really going to count. Listen to me. I can give you evidence just in the last two days, but I want to tell you a few stories. I was driving down the road one day. I've been driving by this church for 35 years. And uh, the Lord told me, he said, pull into this church. There's a little white pickup there. And I, I was driving my pickup, going from Kroger's. I had groceries in the truck, and, and I was speeding like I normally do. I was telling Mike, the DPS, or the Virginia uh, officer, I said, I drive too fast. I'm just telling you. And I, I drove by, and the Lord said, I told you to pull in there. I said, Lord, I was driving too fast. And something went off in my heart. We're all going too fast. We're all going too fast. We're going by needs. We're going by the lost. We're going by the hurting. We're driving by synagogues without even knowing they're there. We're walking past in the hospital, Jewish men and women all over this nation. I said, Lord, I was going too fast. He said, I drove into a driveway, turned around, drove up to the building, walked in the building. I didn't know where the sanctuary was. He said, that's crazy. That's okay. You can think what you want. I walked into the building. I walked in, and I, I looked in the sanctuary. I didn't see anybody. I knew somebody was there because the Lord told me to pull in there. So I walked in, and there was a young man in a beard. He was a worship leader. He was sitting in, in the booth at the back of the building, and he shuffled something, and I heard him. His name was Kea. And I said, hi, I'm Rabbi Ron. I said, are you saved? Do you know the Lord? I, that's just what I felt. He said, yes, sir, I am. He said, I've been a believer for a long time. I said, tell me your story. Tell me something about you. And he began to share with me his journey and how that he was on a journey. He was brought up in a Baptist church. He was now in a Plymouth Congregational Bible Church, and he was their worship leader. I said, man, that's pretty cool. And I began to share with him a little bit, and he told me his journey. He's going to Colorado. I said, i got a friend out in Colorado, Bert Yellen. He's a Messianic leader. I said, I'd like you to look him up, and here's his information. And after we got through, I said, can I bless you? He said, would you please? And I said, I prayed over him. He began to just weep. God sent us forth to be a blessing. When he filled us with his spirit, when he saved us by the blood of Yeshua, he called us to be a blessing to the earth. He said, well, pastor's not here. I said, God didn't call me into this building to talk to the pastor. He sent me to you. I was on a plane 35,000 feet between Houston and, and Atlanta uh, yesterday. I, I wanted to take a nap. I got up at 2.30 in the morning and had to get to the airport. I always like to fly early. I, my wife said, you do this to yourself every time. I said, honey, I can't stand it. 
And so anyway, I was just on the plane, and I laid my chair back, and I wanted to go to sleep, and the Lord wouldn't let me go to sleep. He said, I want you to write something down. I said, let me sleep. He said, I want you to write something down. I said, I'm going to sleep. And I, I, I put my seat back up. I got my Bible out, and I read about David and Goliath, and I was just, and he said, I want you to write this down. So I picked up my journal. It's not up here. It's back there. I picked up my journal, and I opened up the page to yesterday, and I began to, he said, I want you to write this down. I know you're struggling, and I know there's something. To, uh, I know that you're going through hard times, but I want you to know. I know what's going on in your life, and I know that. And and I want to. I almost have to have my journal. I read it to Robert this morning, and I said, uh, and he said, uh, uh, I'm going to. If you, he said, if you if you will obey me, if you will obey me, he said, I'm going to use your voice to bring healing and deliverance. I said, boy, that's a good word. He said, tell it to the lady next to you. She was asleep. I said, I'll tell her before we land. It doesn't work like that. Obedience demands. When God speaks, it demands obedience. You see, when the Spirit of the Lord is on you, it demands obedience. When the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, you can pray like David prayed. You can dance like David danced. Remember that song? All right. All of a sudden, I had to use the restroom. I didn't before. I had to, before I get on the plane, I use the restroom. I'm doing good. I get a little, you know, uh-uh. I said, ma'am, excuse me. I got out and I went and I was praying as I went and I came back. And I sat down and she looked at me. And I said, hi, my name is Ron. The God whom I serve has spoken to me and told me to tell you something. She said, okay. And I said, the Lord told me and what I told her. She began to cry. She said, you know, I just got off the water in the Gulf of Mexico. I caught this plane this morning. I'm on my way to Fort Myers. My son Terrence had an aneurysm, had a, a stroke in his brain, and he's only 30-some years old, and uh, I have to go to him. His brain is swelling. I said, God spoke to me and said that he is not going to die, but he's going to live, and the Lord wants you to know that he's going to take healing through your voice if you will obey him. God will use you for healing and deliverance. And she told me the whole story of what happened. I said, you know, the last time I was on this, this flight, 622, from Houston to Atlanta, God spoke to me and he told me, I want you to fly to Atlanta and I want you to go to Shepherd Center in Atlanta and I want you to go over there and I want you to pray for this pastor's son, Ronnie Jones and Joshua Jones. And while I was on the plane flying, Joshua and June 1st had, had seared the side of his brain and he was pronounced brain dead on the side of the highway and they did a special process on him and life flighted him to Huntsville, Alabama. This is a pastor and a pastor's son. This man had three children and God told me, he said, I want you to get on that plane and I want you to fly over. I want you to take your tallit and I want you to bless him and I want you to anoint him with oil. I said, uh-oh. I called Ronnie Jones, and I said, I'll meet you. He said, I'll pick you up at the, hospital, at the airport. On my way there, God gave me a scripture from one of the prophets, and the one of the prophets said, I think it's Zechariah 3, where it says, and the Lord spoke to Joshua, and he said, if you'll walk before me and obey me, you'll walk again in the sanctuary. You will walk among your people, and you will be strong. 
and I underlined it in yellow in my phone, and, and it's still in my phone. And I went over there, and I got pictures on my phone. If you'd like to see it, he's, I walk in in the hospital, and he's in a trach. But you see, on Father's Day before that, I prayed for him in my home. I had all my family together, and I'm going to tell you a miracle that took place. A bird hit the window in my home, and it knocked that bird out. It wasn't dead. It was knocked out. It was down for the count. I went and put special gloves on. I picked up that sparrow, and I began to talk to that sparrow, and I said, Sparrow, you know, the Bible says that the Lord created you, and little Sparrow, he knows that even when you fall, I said, the one that created you, and I just touched his feathers, and his little claws were drawn up under him, and I said, I just want to say, you know, that the Lord loved you, and he let you hit my window, and, and I'm sorry it's there, and you got hurt, but I, and, and, and he, he I, and I kind of laid him on the ground. The Lord told me, he says, you picked that bird back up, and I picked that bird back up, my wife sitting in in muscular dystrophy, sitting in her chair that she can't get in and out of without it being electrically lifted. The Lord told me, to send the bird into the heavens. Just throw the bird. And I threw that bird up, and it flew away. And my I walked back in the house, and Dolly said, Honey, I saw what happened. She said, The Lord spoke into my heart and said, It's time to pray for Joshua Jones right now. And I said, Baby, let's just start praying. Joshua was on 100% life support in Huntsville, Alabama, in the critical care unit. And all of a sudden, we began to pray. My phone rang, and his daddy called me, and he said, Ron, he said, I got to tell you something. We went from 100% life support to 10% in 10 minutes ago. I showed Penny the pictures for Terrence. I told Pastor Ronnie, Yesterday when I landed here, he said, I got good news for you. And I said, what's that? He said, my son stood up the day you were there, and he ate 13 bites of food. And today, while we're in this service right now, Joshua Jones is in a suburban on his way home to his father's house in Colleen, Alabama. Samuel, a young Jewish man in Israel, said, what is it about you? I said, what do you mean? He said, when you walked into the store here, he said, I felt like there was a wind came in. I said, I don't know. He said, tell me about you. I led him to the Lord before I left his store on Ben Yehuda Street. I'm meeting Jewish men, a Jewish a businessman. His name is Rod. He lives just outside of Chicago, South Chicago. He called me. He said, how do you hear from God? I had coffee with him in Houston one day. Hadn't heard from him for a while. He said, I've been diagnosed with stage four cancer. He said, how do you hear from God? I never heard from him. I began to tell him how to hear from God every time. He said, would you pray for me? I'll probably be flying up there. The Lord will speak to me, and I'll be on Southwest and landing up there in Chicago going to visit him. Don't know when, but it'll probably happen to lead him to the Lord. 
That's the way the Lord wants to work in each one of our lives. Each one of our lives. I was in California just a few weeks before the UMJC. I walked out the front door of the conference center there, the double tree, you know, out there where the porta cochet is and the driveway and the two benches out there in front. There was a young lady there, and I walked by, and I said, good morning. How are you? She said, I'm doing fine. I said, no, you're not. I said, the Lord sent me over here to you this morning. I said, have you eaten? She said, I'm kind of hungry. I went back into the Starbucks, and I got a muffin, and I got a muffin and a cup of coffee, took it out there, and I said, here, honey. I said, uh, by the way, your mom and daddy in Phoenix, Arizona, want you to come home. How do you know? It's a supernatural God and a powerful God that wants to work in every one of our lives. We're in a desperate time, and it takes desperate message, marriage, uh, 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 measures. Jeff Holofield, early Hodge, 89 years old. I was driving down the road. I drove into his driveway. I knocked on his door, and I said, Sir, God sent me. He said, I've been sitting here all night. He said, and I've been praying that God would send somebody. I just happened to be driving by his house in rural Mississippi on a back road. He gave his life to the Lord. Three days later, he was out in his hayloft. He fell out of his hayloft and broke his neck. We could go on and on and on all day and all afternoon, but I, I know that you don't want to do that, and, and uh, I've already uh, spoke over my time limit, but uh, I just have to tell you, this divine dimension will bring revival to the streets of America. It will bring revival to the streets of your city and your community. The Lord spoke to me, and he told me to go to the hospital, and I went to the hospital. I don't know why I went to the hospital. I did not know what room I was going to, but when I got there, I began to walk around, and the lady said, can I help you? I said, I wish you could, but I said, I don't think you can, and she could have called security because there was some nut here uh, looking for somebody who didn't know who he was looking for in a room that he didn't have any idea and I walked down the hall and I just happened to come up on this door 103 and I knocked on the door and I went in and there was a man in there and he was screaming he was in excruciating pain his stomach was open and he had bandages on it he had cancer and he uh and he said I've been crying all night that God would send somebody to me I walked in he he became a believer they came in the next day they showed him back up and God healed him from cancer and his wife walked in the room 30 minutes later and she said my God, something's in this room, and she fell on her face and accepted the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something. They went home from the hospital, and their whole street was saved. We're in a world that is changing every day, and it's begging us to get in step with it. But I'm going to tell you something. You get in step with the world. I'm going to get in step with God. I want to stay in step with Him. I don't care. I do care about the world. But I don't care what anybody else is doing or what anybody else thinks about it. I found a place, a resting place, and it's in the arms of the Lord. And God is using me with military men and women. God is using me with police. He's using me in courthouses. I was at the tax office 
and there was 30 people in the tax office. I said to the man, I was getting my car tags uh, renewed. I just happened to strike up a conversation with this scientist and an, uh, and an Arkansas football player and a teacher at the local school and a man that was lost in search and he was studying religions. I just happened to tell him, like Paul said, you know, there's a statue to every God, but I want to tell you about the God who really is. There's a dominion that we can walk in. Be sure that God, if you dedicate yourself to walk in a divine dimension, he will interrupt your life at his convenience and not yours. Trust me. He will change this city. He changed the world through 12. And there's a lot more than that in this room. If you will solely dedicate your life to do his will and tell him. You know, I, a young girl on the second leg of my flight had just come back from Indonesia. She's from Richmond. She grew up in Richmond. I told her about this service today. I kept looking across the room to see if she was here. If you're here, just wait. But she said, I've never met a Jew that believed in Jesus. I've never met a Messianic Jew. She said, I'm at Baylor College in, in Texas, and I'm studying religion. I just got back from a Muslim community in Indonesia. She said, I haven't had any sleep for three days. It was the last seat on the plane, and it was right next to me. I prayed over her, and I blessed her, and I thank God for her life. Mark, the pilot from Southwest Airlines, I walked up to him, and I said, Mark, good morning. He said, good morning, sir. I said, are you my pilot today? He says, well, I don't know. Which flight are you on? I told him. He said, no, I'm going another way. I said, Mark, have you ever really had a relationship with God? Do you know who he really is? He said, I don't believe in God. I was an F-14 pilot, and I flew combat missions. I don't believe in God. And the Lord spoke to me in my heart. He said, tell him to give me another chance. And I looked into his young eyes and I said, Mark, when you're going down the runway today and you're setting yourself above the clouds, when you break through the blue, I want you to think about one thing. Give me another chance. I said, you'll never forget this day. God will give you a boldness that you've never had. And wisdom to deal with it. Our world and our nation could use a little hope. It could use a lot of direction. But when we walk in divine dimension, God will make provision. He'll pay for the trips. He'll do everything that he's supposed to do. If you'll do everything you're supposed to do. You received that word today? Do you? I want to pray for you. Father, I just want to be obedient to you right now, Lord. I just want to surrender myself to you and, and let you be what, who you are and do what you want to do. And I just release myself to you in this service. I just thank you for it. Today, if God's spoken to your heart, and the Lord has charged you just a little. You might be a little bit afraid of what I said. 
but you know that the Lord has spoken to you, and you're a believer. You're a believer that the Lord saved you. He filled you. He gave you purpose in life, and the Lord wants to use you, and you feel dry. The reason you're dry is because you're not dipping deep enough back in the well of refreshing water and letting God pour out in you and through you. I want you to just stand where you are. I'm not going to have an invitation to come down. I just want you to stand where you are. Say, Lord, use me in a divine dimension. Lord, use me in a divine dimension. Lord, I want you to use me. I don't want you to look at me. I don't want you to look at anybody else. I don't want you. Listen, I just want you to do it before the Lord. I want you to say, Lord, use me in a divine dimension. Somehow, some way, give me revelation. He may not speak to you like he speaks to me. He may not do what he's doing like he's done with me. It may not happen like that. It's a unique. Where every one of us are unique. And we're saying, Lord, I don't get it. Not all of it. And some of it, Lord, whew, it blows me away. But, Lord, I'm a, I, I want you to use me in a divine dimension. I want you to enter into my life in a new way. Uh, Lord, I just want to place myself before you, and I want you to use me. Father, you see who's standing before the ark today. The ark doors were opened, and the word of God was spoken. Lord, there are those who are standing and responding to you. And, Father, I just pray in the name of Yeshua that you will do what you always do. You said those that call upon you that you will answer them, and you will show them great and mighty things. Lord, you said as you ignited and excited those in the upper room in Jerusalem, you've been doing it for thousands of years. Lord, all you're waiting is for a vessel to pour yourself into. And, Father, I pray today. In this day, in this place, Father, that you would do that in everyone that's standing. And, Father, I just pray that, Lord, if there's something in this, I feel in my heart, Lord, that there's something in these vessels, an offense or a wound, or, Lord, they'll have to get that out of that, that vessel before you can pour yourself into them, that they'll empty themselves right now and say, Father, forgive those, forgive me. Lord, I want to go on. I don't want to drive when looking in the rearview mirror. I don't want to live in yesterday. I want to live in now. I want to live in today. Father, that you'll just work that miracle in their life. In the name of Yeshua. Father, I just bless you in the name of Yeshua. Everyone said, amen. Do you feel like that the Lord touched your life today? I can tell you he has. Because if you prayed that prayer, I can guarantee you one thing. You're going to walk in a divine dimension that you've never known. And it's going to be exciting. You know what's missing so much in congregations. I'm talking about church. I'm talking about Messianic. I'm talking about Messianic congregation. It's testimonies. Next week, you don't want to miss the service. You don't want to miss being here next week. You want to invite all your friends. You want to invite anybody who's ever asked you a question about this congregation. You're going to have, I want to see this place filled. I want to hear a word that this place is filled because there's going to be a testimony next week. And that testimony is going to be shared from this Bema. I just happened to find out about it. This is not divine revelation. No, God, the man told me himself. David's going to give his testimony next week in this pulpit, in this Bema. Invite everybody that has questions about what he believes and what happened to him. Invite all your Jewish friends that need to hear from a Jewish man what the Lord did for him and what he'll do for you. I'll tell you, it's exciting coming to the house of the Lord. Are you glad that you are here? Amen. Give God praise.